Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. So the building shake, bombs are going off. I'm standing in Harkiff and we're watching the barrage of artillery coming in with a couple of vans of humanitarian stuff, and I'm carrying bulletproof vests for pastors and food and all this stuff, and yet allowing the body to react, feel without it taking me to, you know, freak out, right? (laughs) Is a big shift, you know, phenomenal. Welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy, and this podcast episode is powerful, riveting, and meaningful. Meaningful for me because it is the story of someone I have come to respect as he came into my 21-day journey course and then started taking the certificate training to become a biology trauma professional and even has gone through my training now to become a mentor for others going through their 21-day journey. But he has taken everything that he has learned from all of these courses to literally go out and change the world, sharing these trauma tools with others. This is Mark, a pastor who is doing some incredible things around the world. What people might not know if they met him today, though, is that he actually had a complete and intense burnout, including depression and cancer. He didn't stay there, however, and I can't wait for you to hear his journey and what changed. How did this pastor move from cancer, burnout, and depression to living his best life in the middle of a war? That is what we will be answering in this episode, because no matter who you are and who you are serving, it will bring you hope and tools. Throughout the episode, I will pause his story, point out key principles that I don't want you to miss if you are wondering how to move from burnout to thriving in your own life. All right, let me introduce you to Mark. Let's jump in. My name is Mark Avinchek. I'm originally from Orléans, France, south of Paris. Came to this country permanently in 1988. I am a pastor, pastoral counselor now for 35 years and um, been doing missionary work all over the world. I personally had a 10 on the ACEs test, so you know I had a lot of that. Never realized, never equated prior life experience, early childhood development to my own burnout. I lived on the streets. I uh, came from a broken family, gave me a heart for children, so I started the orphanages out of that. And uh, just my own life experience brought me before to work with broken people. And I'm a Christian, so I'll be honest up front. Uh, a lot of that had to do with share the gospel, set people free, you know, bring them into a relationship with what I would now call the permanently secure attachment. <laughs> yeah. But my heart was for that. Almost 70 countries in the past 35 years, from Mongolia to South America to Asia to Europe. Ukraine, working here in country, had a uh, residential um, treatment facility for abused women, had a counseling center, had three orphanages, one in Costa Rica, one in Nicaragua, one in Mongolia, had a Bible college in Ukraine, (laughs) did medical missions, did humanitarian missions, evangelism missions all over the world. I knew it was coming years before. My office was global. 
I was on the road. I was doing 120, 130,000 miles in airplanes every year. Eight months a year, I was gone. Uh, I had the orphanage in Mongolia. I was working in Ukraine up until 2014 when, you know, the Russians came in there. And I lost all that. And that was gone. I was working in Nicaragua. I had the orphanage there, which I converted to a bilingual high school because of governmental issues going on. I had everything happening here, right? We had the women's home. We had the counseling center. Uh, we were very active locally with homeless and, and uh, all that. I wish I would have known then what I know now. would have done things a whole lot differently. But nevertheless, I was super busy. I was chronically tired, couldn't understand it. And I knew, I knew that I was running on batteries. It was just a matter of time. Dealing with depression, the waves were coming um, pretty regularly, once a month, once every couple months. But I, I knew, I just knew, okay, I'm going to have to disconnect for a week because it's coming. <laughs> right? I can't explain it any other way. You could just tell. I could just, I'd be at that point where I could, okay, I'm heading there again. I know I'm going to need a couple days at home started doing what I call disassociation patterns, drinking, you know, gaming, different things to disconnect from what I knew was going to overwhelm, <laughs> to use modern, you know, our terminology. And then I would come back and I'm, okay, let's keep going, you know, <laughs> get back into the groove, hop on the plane, month in Mongolia, month in, you know, and then it hit where uh, I just woke up one day and it was finished. It was done. I was finished. I just knew. I came back from a trip and that was finished. <laughs> there was nothing left. <laughs> it was just done. And uh, so I lost then the ministry, got diagnosed with cancer. They tried to put me on all this medication, which I did for a month and a half and threw it away. Went through the brain snaps. I know I shouldn't have done it that way. I just flushed it all down because it was making me even crazier. And I knew, uh, then I got a septic infection and then I had radiation treatment for two months and that was it. Whole new change in life. It was radical. It was uh, the loss of the ministry, loss of serving, loss of working with other people, loss of travel, loss of identity. I discovered I had a big identity crisis. Had you asked me then who I am, I would have said what I do, <laughs> right? very affiliated with what I did. And uh, so it was a major, major shakeup. Whoa, let's take a pause right there. That was a lot. Anybody looking at Mark's life would say he was really making a difference and an impact, productive, focused, and pushing his limits professionally. Mark was a pastor and had a heart to help people, doing humanitarian work in multiple countries around the world. Yet what people didn't know was how he was doing on the inside. Mark started having some pretty severe symptoms. There were very clear signs that he was dealing with a persistent trauma response in his body, but that he couldn't see yet. He wasn't paying attention to his body, and he didn't know the signs of what we call a chronic freeze response or that trauma response. Chronic fatigue, waves of depression, coping mechanisms that were leading to problems. Gaming more than he wanted to be, drinking, dissociation. He did not understand why he couldn't continue to push and perform as highly as he wanted to. He felt like his body was betraying him. This is how many people start to feel when their body starts to break and cave in from this chronic trauma response. 
He kept trying, pushing, pushing, pushing until something happened and he couldn't anymore. And we do that, don't we? Push, push, push until that one day. Have you done that in your life? Or maybe you are still in the pushing, pushing, pushing phase and also don't know the signs of stored trauma in your body. Well, for him, that one day was when the cancer diagnosis came. Everything stopped. His world came crashing down. Looking at Mark's story, these symptoms he was experiencing are some of the clear signs of a persistent trauma response in the body, but we haven't been taught to identify or pay attention to these. So just remembering what trauma is. Trauma is not an event. It's an experience of overwhelm of our survival or nervous system so that we have to shut down to survive something. We all have had these types of experiences at one point or another in our life. And these experiences are what put us at risk of developing a persistent trauma response that our body lives with and will develop into burnout and disease if we haven't known what to do. Mark had a childhood that was filled with overwhelming experiences. Although this led to his heart to help other people, and maybe you can relate, he still had the impact on his nervous system that he had never properly addressed. Whether you can identify experiences of overwhelm in your past or not, there are three main ways to recognize if your body has stored trauma. We're talking trauma now, not stress. People often think, oh, I'm just stressed. This is just stress. But if you're seeing these signs biologically, it's not stress. It's trauma. Here are those three ways to recognize your body is stuck in a trauma response. One is your physical health. Things like fatigue, autoimmunity, chronic digestive issues, chronic pain, to name a few. Second, thoughts, your thoughts of overwhelm. If you're having a thought of, oh my goodness, I just can't do this anymore. That is a sign of trauma. And three, body sensations, the overall heaviness, the drain of energy, the collapse. And we can get frustrated with our body. We can feel like our body is not keeping up. We can feel like our bodies are even betraying us. Yet the body is trying to communicate with us. And when we haven't known how to listen to it, With the body sensations, sometimes it just has to get sick. And hopefully, then we will get the message. Mark was having health symptoms for a long time. The fatigue, depression, dissociation. Then his health really came crashing down when he was diagnosed with cancer. Now, at this point in his story, Mark is at his low point. A point that you may have been at in your life. Or maybe you haven't hit your low point yet. But let's prevent you from doing that. So let's see what Mark does next. And then after that, that started leading me, okay, how did I get here? And uh, so that started a long quest. A doctor friend of mine, neuropsychologist licensed, we were working through our own trauma experiences. She had lost her ministry up in Canada. I was working through mine. So we did a lot of talking. We started searching. We started reading books came across the polyvagal, started doing TRE training up in North Carolina, which really didn't work for me. You know, the tremoring induced stuff. Started our search. And then she found Dr. Amy in a, I don't know, some polyvagal summit. She spoke. She said, you really need to listen to this gal. And I initially was, what? Somatic experiencing. You know, I played around with a little (laughs) woo-woo for my... For my world, this is all considered to be off limits, as a pastor anyway. 
And there's still a lot of pushback, but it's in scripture. There's the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, that talks about, may your whole body, mind, and spirit be set apart, separated, complete, integral. And yet we never talk in my field about the body because it's considered taboo, flesh, right? So I started integrating this into what I do now. For me, trauma before was uh, mainly, okay, I was in war zones. I dealt with traumatized people in Cambodia when I was working there for a while in Vietnam. It was more affiliated, I guess, with outside circumstances. But I picked up from Dr. Amy from um, the internal changes that happen, the epigenetic expressions that happen, the long-term effects in your biology, adapting patterns, neurodevelopmental issues. None of that really was on my radar. It, even in my own life, never connected the two with my own burnout 12 years ago, well, 10 years ago. And um, I just said, well, you deal with it, you work it through, you know, <laughs> keep push, push, work harder, harder, <laughs> ignore, ignore kind of stuff. Sometimes it's only as we start feeling stuff and connecting with our body that we realize just how disconnected we have been just how much we have ignored them. Because when we're ignoring them, sometimes we're so successful at it that we don't actually feel what we have been ignoring and pushing down even harder. You know, pushing through can sometimes be our stress response. Pushing through is not necessarily a trauma response, but yet what we are pushing through is the fatigue, the exhaustion, the loss of joy and meaning, which is the trauma response. We can find ourselves like Mark using things to help us push through and not feel those sensations of the trauma response. But at a certain point, the body can no longer operate like this. It can seem like the body breaks. Trauma isn't what we have thought it is. It's a very different physiology than stress. When we look at trauma from a biology standpoint, it really helps simplify things. It really helps to take this idea of trauma, trying to define trauma, what it is, what it's done to us, and being able to describe it as anything that for any reason at that time overwhelmed us, overwhelmed our ability to feel like we could respond so that we felt that we needed to shut down in order to survive. When we look at the three states of the nervous system, trauma is when we have left the calm parasympathetic moved through the stress response, and because something was too much too fast or too little for too long, we collapsed down into a freeze response or the chronic trauma response. When the nervous system gets stuck in dysregulation and this freeze response, it can lead to a host of health conditions and symptoms. If the nervous system is imbalanced, if it doesn't have the health and the flexibility, it can't go in and out of these states with fluid and movement, it gets stuck. This is what causes other imbalances within the body, leading to many chronic health conditions and diseases. Now, the good news, please, right? Tell me some good news. The good news, there is a way to repair and resolve stored trauma, no matter how long it has been there. When we understand how trauma gets wired into the body in the first place, we can start to unravel and walk it step-by-step step out of the process. What is the first step? Ah, the first step, we need to create a felt sense of safety 
for the body. That is what the trauma response or the freeze response needs. The body needs a felt sense of safety. This is the first step to completing the trauma cycles, bringing our body back into the parasympathetic state where we will be our best self and be in our best health. Let's see what Mark does next, because I am happy to tell you the story doesn't end there. I think the big change for me was uh, initially in doing just a somatic experiencing, a 21-day, and getting in tune with what I had neglected, right? And learning to listen, learning to sleep when I need sleep, learning to, oh, I'm feeling the tightness, I can do a vu, I can go out and just go for a walk, I, you know, small things, which you then adapt to your own use. I mean, the tools were great. I mean, I got my feet on my... Uh, acupressure (laughs) and the different things that I started integrating, you know, automatic, you know, reaching up, doing the, I mean, havening even started different things that I adapted to me. So in my field, you know, in Christian counseling, we don't, again, we talk about the body more from a spiritual dimension that we're to control it, right? Don't listen to it. Don't, uh, don't give it that much importance. We don't see it as something to integrate. We see it more, at least where I was coming from, as something to dominate. You know, bring your body under subjection. Don't be submitted to it. Even though some of those core truths haven't changed, the integration piece has changed. Accepting, right? And uh, acknowledging that it is a part of me, that it does have a voice, right? That I need to listen to. Otherwise, I'm going to wind up burn out again. I appreciated my body that I could experience what I could, the emotions, the sensations, eating, living, enjoying life. You know, I did a lot of hiking and walking, enjoyed nature, all these kind of things, you know, being French, especially food. (laughs) Not that I ever, never expressed that way where I, you know, but I always enjoyed those kind of things and enjoyed the fact that I had them. I could see, I could hear. I could enjoy music. I could enjoy food. I could enjoy the physical sensations, being outside, skydiving, flying, was a pilot, all those things, right? But nevertheless, it was this idea it shouldn't dominate, right? Totally, totally different. Uh, a lot more relaxed, learning to listen to my body. You know, uh, it's kind of weird my days. You know, I'll get tired and I'll just lay down. You know, when I feel the tension come off, I'll just okay, let it go. Doesn't need to be done today. After the burnout, it took, it took a number of years. I was still doing a couple of mission trips here and there, but ministry, not so much. So slowly, gradually, I started going back into ministry, but this time more, I started working in the Amazon, working in tribes. Uh, I still do that. And my focus was more slow down because I knew I couldn't go too fast, although I didn't know why. <laughs> Right. And then uh, after Dr. Amy, I started really getting into it a lot more because I started realizing, oh, well, wait a minute. (laughs) Right. Uh, I can catch this. You know, I have that 30 seconds, one minute, right, where when I feel it coming, I can take a breath, do a voo, (laughs) do all the stuff that I would never share in my church necessarily. And we started another ministry on using the incorporation of what Dr. Amy was teaching in our own way of approach to burnout pastors, you know, especially now in Ukraine. 
it's amazing, phenomenal when you start bringing it in. <laughs> you know, it's the third, it's the third leg of the stool, body, mind, and spirit. So it's been exciting working through uh, the science, understanding the epigenetic changes, understanding the long-term effects of early childhood experiences, which then shifted how I worked with people amazingly, especially in Ukraine, because I was putting it right to use, right? When I was having encounters with people, I, I started noticing things. Oh, well, this is, well, this, this is an expression. This is, oh, they're very here, so I can do this. And started playing around with essential oils. And, and uh, you know, as I was picking some people up and, and driving them around, I knew that, it, oh, well, I've only got a half an hour. How do I bring a sense of calm? How do I bring a sense of feeling? Right? How do I change my expression, if you will, to project, to regulate them to me rather than me regulating to them? I love how Mark's career was completely transformed by his personal journey. This was what happened to me, and this happens to many others. Once you take this personal journey, it changes everything. Healing begins with each one of us. Healing begins with me. As professionals, we often get caught up in focusing on helping others, and we can only take others as far as we have come ourselves. Mark did the hard work. He dove in, took a personal journey, a personal journey to know what he needed, how his body and biology worked. Yes, it took time, but working through the process, he reached the point where his own capacity started growing. This is what transformed his career and his ability to help others. Our capacity to grow will help our ability to help others. The 21-day journey to calm aliveness is me walking a person through those three steps of the essential sequence. A step-by-step -step guide is on my website. It's called the essential sequence for rewiring and releasing stored trauma in the body. So you might want to pick that up. I teach a masterclass on this regularly as well. This is so important, this essential sequence. Step one of the essential sequence, I've mentioned it already, a felt sense of safety in the body. We create that safety. We create a felt sense of safety. Step two is a felt sense of support. That's actually what the stress response needs. The trauma response needs safety. The stress response needs support. So that's step two in the essential sequence. Step three is the expansion, the growth into joy, the growth into capacity, the growth into processing their uh, trauma work, for example, the the expansion into meaning and purpose and joy. These are all aspects of expansion that we can only do after that foundation of safety and support has been laid. So let's hear about how Mark is now incorporating these three steps, this essential sequence and this trauma work into the work that he's doing now. I'm away from the curse of not being present when I'm dealing with people. You know, there would have been a day where I'm talking to you and I'm thinking about this and this, and I'm writing notes on the side, and like, my brain is jumping, and I'm losing my chain of thought and thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm just busy, busy. But uh, being able to be in the moment, living in the now, noticing now the, the body sensations that go with that. You know, as my shoulders getting tight, is, am I clenching my jaw? Is my back starting to cramp? And, am I feeling like stomach? getting you know all that what a i'm telling you amy what a change that's been 
and I notice it more. I let things go a lot quicker. I can. The biggest thing, though, for me is being able to uh, connect with people without all the noise, you know, of what needs to be done, self-imposed, you know, deadlines and craziness and st- stupid stuff. <laughs> you know, that, that just gets away because in the end, that's that's. I find when you're connecting with people, that's life. The rest is stuff, right? I have to put immediately to use, keeping myself grounded. And, and uh, most of the course, not the whole course, but most of the course I did while, while working in Ukraine in the middle of a war. And it kept me this, during the whole period of the war really in a totally different space. Totally different. No matter what, you know, so the building's shaking. Bombs are going off. I'm standing in Kharkiv and... We're watching the barrage of artillery coming in with a couple of vans of humanitarian stuff. And I'm carrying bulletproof vests for pastors and food and all this stuff. And yet allowing the body to react, feel, without it taking me to, you know, freak out, right? <laughs> Is a big shift, you know, phenomenal. It was a big shift for me to make it through that whole time and realize, wow, you know, I'm a lot calmer. I'm different. and. Sharing with people was totally different. Bringing people into, even with simple things like using assessment forms, which you provided in the second, mo- you know, in the second level modules, neurotransmitter assessments, and bringing in neurotransmitter support. Simple things, you know, for for people I was working with, GABA, simple stuff like 5-HTP for sleeping, for coupled with then an awareness. You're going to laugh. You know, I take my shoes and socks off and there I am on the floor and I'm calling my toes and I'm grounding, pushing in. And they would do it and see the transformation in their own, right? And, oh, you know, you mean I can disconnect this anxiety just by uh, taking a breath, sitting down. Right now I'm safe. Keeping people in the moment. I'll be walking out the door and Nothing like war to remind you that everything changes. Missile hits, siren goes off. Whatever you just spent six hours of your life trying to figure out and plan is just gone. <laughs> you know? But it was amazing how the awareness of my ability to change and ground, right, communicated to others would bring about transformational change in them, right? Just in the moment, I could I could bring them to the moment, right? I could give them tools in the moment, which I did. And uh, then maybe some within my means treatment things I could, you know, whole 30 diet, no sugar, no gluten thing, which is hard to do in a war zone if you're limited. But even the little bit they did, how it produced a change in up here, which led to a change in here which led to a change in, yeah, well, yeah, bombs are, yeah, it's still all happening, but right now, I'm okay, <laughs> right? Right now, I'm triggered a lot, you know, don't really know, but I can always bring myself back to, right now, it's okay, right? That's a lot. It's okay to be afraid when bombs are falling. <laughs> you know, jets are flying over the road and every and your heart's like jumping through your mouth and, and uh, you know, you don't know if they're Russian or Ukraine, <laughs> you know, it's okay, it's, it's okay. Right. But being able to bring it back to when people saw that, right, bring it back to then tell me about how do you do that? Well, let me tell you how to do that. Right, Little things. Why don't you put your hand on the dash right now and feel what's going on in your hands? You know, the roughness on the dash. What do you feel? 
did you notice that you weren't thinking about anything else but that right now? <laughs> right? Wow. And right when you were feeling that, were you, what happened? Did your heart just kind of stop? Did, right? And that makes the shift. Sometimes you only have a half an hour, 45 minutes, right? You know, when you're talking with people. But how they would just, you mean I, I can do that anywhere? From family, from friends, from people. And uh, so, but even in sharing with them, I said, listen, you know, you, when you feel it getting to you, here's some things. But it was always, how are you doing that? And I would say, well, it's simple. Let me show you, right? It's simple. Let me show you. Take a ball, roll it under your feet. What does that do? Are you feeling? What do you feel inside? Do you even listen to your body, right? I love how he says it's simple. Let me show you. When he talks about neurotransmitter support, GABA, 5-HTP, these are all things that I teach in my biology of trauma courses. Throughout the modules, I teach exactly how to support someone's biology. Mark has even taken my advanced courses in the attachment module, which is an amazing module looking at our childhood neurodevelopment attachment and how to specifically, strategically, intentionally support areas that we would have had gaps or even where our biology set us up to experience trauma in our lifetime and in our childhood. Because there is so much that we can do. When we look at our leverage points just in our biology, we can see that we can support in an intentional, strategic way the trauma work that we are doing. So that somatic work, parts work, and the biology work all start to feed off of each other, each one opening up new areas of growth. I have people start with the somatic piece. I do that with my 21-day journey. So that we do 21 days of somatic work and then that opens us up and we're ready to do parts work and we're ready to do biology work. And when we do those, it opens us up for even more somatic work so that they really start to enhance and build off of each other. This is how we get unstuck, which is what Mark talks about next. What a change that makes when you shift people out of, it's too much, it's so much, oh my God, oh Oh, it's like this. They're stuck. They're really stuck. And, and it's not like they're coming in for counseling, right? You've only got the moment you notice the bracing, especially this bracing where it's down. You know, and they're looking, you know, that you, you can see the shoulders are tight. And, and uh, you know, the walk is kind of forward walk, you know, kind of pre-fetal. And, and you see the face, you know, why bother kind of? kind of thing, you know, it's like, uh, I'm here, it's, you know, the wars, and it's a year now, you know, the war, it's going on a year, close to uh, three quarters of a million people have been either killed or wounded. <laughs> it's crazy. It's insane. But in those moments, I like the way Dr. Amy put it, the, uh, when you start consciously with intention, put your attention. <laughs> That's one of the words she uses all the time. With intention, put your attention on. She meant it for the body, but I, I took that with intention, put my intention on this person in front of me. How can I be a vessel of peace? Well, uh, my friend, Dr. Tammy, and I uh, started another ministry and <laughs> where we're fusing all this together. It's this fusion of scripture with what science says, epigenetical studies, you know, some of the biology of science stuff. Um, somatic experiencing. So that's off the ground. Uh, we got that going uh, when I got back from Ukraine. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at 
than training some people in Ukraine. That's where my heart is. We've got a lot of people that are in churches, untrained, working with two, three hundred refugees at a time. Right? There's uh, don't forget, there's like 5.6 million internally displaced people in Western Ukraine that are housed in homes, churches, hospitals, schools. Just these facilities are there, and these people are like themselves vicariously getting traumatized. And getting overwhelmed and, and not able to work. So we thought we'd pull, you know, a, uh, I was, as a matter of fact, I was talking to, I started my ministry over in Ukraine, got it legal, but the director over there on how we can integrate next time I come over 10 people. We have three doctors who are in charge of hospitals. Uh, we have a couple of teachers that are working as counselors in refugee center. And then we have a couple of pastors that are coming together and we, we're just looking at 10, right? And then they can give them the tools so they can. And uh, so that's coming up. And then I'm heading up to North Carolina to see what we can do there. Because in this country, uh, there is an incredible amount of burnout, especially in my field. Pastors, you know, the performance, you know, the working 100 hours a week, the uh, the expectations of church members. I mean, it looks good. They up there, no, you know, Sunday they're smiling, but inside (laughs) they're falling apart. (laughs) It's becoming more and more evident, especially during COVID. So working, doing some outreach into that area too. My friend has a retreat center up in Highlands, North Carolina that uh, he'll make available. So trying to keep it slow. My head wants to go a hundred miles an hour, but I've learned that's not good. And plus, at my age, uh, I can't keep that up anyway. So grateful for Dr. Amy. She's been able to bring so many different pieces together to help someone like me without all that background, you know, to make it clear, to make it accessible in such a nice package so that we can understand us, can understand, wow, you know, there's a lot more to this body to appreciate, also to acknowledge. And to enjoy in a lot of different ways, it's not, and none of it's bad. That was another piece. None of it's bad. Stress is good. Emotion is good. All these things are good. And I'm really grateful that she did that, that she gave us that kind of clarity in that, in the biology piece and all the other tangents that she always threw in her training. So I'll go look at this article. Look over here. Go look at that, (laughs) you know, which led us to explore even more. It was really a big paradigm shift for me. And in my walk with God. Mark, thank you so much for sharing. It is incredible to hear this transformation, to hear your full story. Things that I didn't even know from burnout, cancer, leaving everything to now feeling more alive than ever and working in an even more difficult and desperate situations, bringing hope and training leaders all around the world. And I'm thinking back, what did it all start with? Taking your own journey, Mark taking our own journey, learning to understand our body, nervous system, and biology, connecting with our body, learning how to listen and create that felt sense of safety and support so that he could move into the expansion that I talk about in the essential sequence. And from there, truly, the sky is the limit. With expansion, the sky is the limit. If you are a professional, who can relate to being a high performer, but deep inside, you know you are burning out. 
you know there must be a way to reach a higher level of thriving. It is true. There is a higher level of thriving without burning out. I invite you to do your own work. I invite you to join me on a 21-day journey and see what could happen for you. And you may be so in love with what you are experiencing and and learning and becoming the expert in your own nervous system that you will continue on, just like Mark, into that biology of trauma certificate training program for professionals where you can learn how to strategically and intentionally support your biology and then help others do the same thing for accelerating our trauma healing journey. Until next episode. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey, and you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love.